Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number three. It's November 14th, 2019. I am your host, Scott Gumbar, and this is day two of the Impeachment Chronicles. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused, HIPAA-compliant, proactive IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Let's get into today's cybersecurity news. All right, first, we have a couple of updates for you. Update to the Pemex ransomware attack. You may remember that is the Mexican oil company that was hit with ransomware. So in an update to the ransomware attack on Mexican oil company Pemex, Pemex now reports that they were able to contain it to 5% of their computers. They also report that they have fully recovered from the attack and are operating at 100% at this time. It is believed that the Ryuk ransomware was used in this attack. Ryuk is often the ransomware of choice for attackers when targeting larger corporations. This is also a good indication that oil companies will be targeted more going forward. Some are skeptical of the Pemex report as published. Reports indicate the attack is still impacting Pemex. So if they did recover, good for them. That means they followed proper cybersecurity procedures. If they didn't recover, shame on them for not reporting accurately. And in Google updates, you might recall yesterday I reported that Google was collecting PHI and working with Ascension on a project named Nightingale. A federal inquiry has been opened into Google's efforts to collect health data on millions of Americans through its Project Nightingale program. The Department of Health and Human Services, Office of Civil Rights, the OCR, opened the inquiry on Tuesday, the Wall Street Journal reported. The office would like to learn more information about this mass collection of individuals' medical records with respect to the implications for patient privacy under the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, that's we all know as HIPAA. Director Roger Severino said in a statement to CNN Business, Now we've learned that Google will be offering checking accounts in conjunction with several banks. Google's planning to offer this starting next year. So Google is putting their hands into a lot of consumer areas, uh, typically highly regulated areas. So be on the lookout for more on that in uh, upcoming episodes. And now on to the new news. Uh, Some pretty scary stuff going on, and uh, it was only a matter of time. There's always something scary in the middle of the week usually. Uh, And, you know, the Google PHI thing is kind of scary. But Megacortex ransomware variant threatens data breach and alters credentials. A newly discovered variant of Megacortex ransomware goes well beyond just encrypting victims' files. It also changes their Windows passwords and threatens to publish their stolen data if they fail to pay. So recovering may not be an option. Recovering is an option. It's always an option. But they may also publish whatever data they have. So, again, another reason to ensure that you are keeping your data secure and off limits to ransomware attacks. Uh, In a report earlier this week, Bleeping Computer said it helped analyze the new strain after it was discovered by Malware Hunter team and subsequently reverse engineered by researcher Vitaly Kremez. All of your user credentials have been changed and your files have been encrypted. They were able to verify this. The ransomware note warns infected victims. Both threats are true. Files are encrypted and given a mega cortex extension, and it's spelled uh, M3G4C0RTX. 
And victims who attempt to log into the system will find that they cannot. Instead, they will see a legal notice that says locked by Megacortex along with the attacker-controlled email address to contact. The credential change is made possible by executing the net user command when the ransomware is executed, bleeping computer reported citing CRIMES. Um, the ransom note also makes a second threat. We have also downloaded your data to a secure location. In the unfortunate event of us not coming to an agreement, we will have no choice but to make this data public. It has not been confirmed if Megacortex attacks actually have this capability. So there's that. Um, but not to be outdone, pure locker ransomware can lock files on Windows, which most ransomware attacks go after, but also Linux and Mac OS. Cyber, cyber criminals have developed ransomware that can be ported to all major operating systems and is currently used in target attacks against production servers. The new name is PureLocker. Malware researchers analyze samples for Windows, but a Linux, Linux variant is also being used in attacks. It's built to, to dodge detection. The malware is carefully designed to evade detection, hiding malicious or dubious behavior in sandbox environments, posing as the Crypto++ cryptographic library, and using functions normally seen in libraries for music playback. For instance, if the malware determines that it's running in a debugger environment, it exits straight away. Furthermore, the payload deletes itself after execution, making it hard for detection. This and more allowed PureLocker to stay under the radar for months in a row. For the past three weeks, PureLocker evaded the detection of antivirus engines on VirusTotal almost entirely. So VirusTotal is a, a site that uh, many security researchers use to determine whether a file is, is uh, malicious or not. The name of the ransomware derives from the programming language it's written in, pure basic, an unusual choice that provides some benefits the researchers say and report. AV vendors have trouble generating reliable detection signatures for pure basic binaries. In addition, pure basic code is portable between Windows, Linux, and OS X. Encryption adds a .cr1 extension. So if the files are encrypted, you'll see a .cr1 extension. The malware... Um, the malware does not lock all files on a compromised system, avoiding executables. Encrypted items are easy to recognize by this .cr1 extension and is appended after the process. A ransom note is left on the system desktop in a text file called Your Files. No amount is given in the ransom. Instead, victims need to contact the cyber criminals at a Proton email address, a different one for each compromise. So, uh, and it just goes on to more technical detail from there, but so... Another ransomware to be on the lookout for, and those of you on Mac, primarily I hear this from Mac users a lot. We can't be, we can't be attacked by viruses or malicious content. Um, Macs are more secure. Not that is not the case. Um, as you'll undoubtedly come to realize at some point, it's the only reason that Macs are not targeted as often is because they don't have as big a market share. So Mac users, Linux users, and Windows users, there is a ransomware targeting all three of you. Finally, in today's news, breach affecting 1 million was caught only after hacker maxed out targets storage. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission, FTC, has sued an IT provider for falling failing sorry, to detect 20 hacking intrusions over a 22-month period, allowing the hacker to access the data for 1 million consumers. That's insane. 20 hacking intrusions over a 22-month period. 
The provider only discovered the breach when the hacker maxed out the provider storage system. So obviously storage was not being monitored until there was an issue. Uh, Utah-based InfoTrack system was first breached in May 2014 when a hacker exploited vulnerabilities in a company's network that gave remote control over its server, FTC lawyers alleged in a complaint. According to the complaint, the hacker used the control to access the system undetected 17 times over the next 21 months. Then on March 2, 2016, the intruder accessed personal information for about 1 million consumers. The data included full names, social security numbers, physical addresses, email addresses, phone numbers, and usernames, and passwords for accounts on the InfoTrack service. So that's a, that's a, a, a big hack. 1 million uh, PII exposed. PII, again, personally identifiable information. The intruder accessed the site later that day and again on March 6, stealing 4,100 usernames and passwords stored in clear text, also insane, and hundreds of names, addresses, social security numbers, and the data for payment cards, so PCI as well. The complaint said Infotrax employees did not discover the breach until March 7, 2016, when they received alerts that one of the company's servers had reached its maximum storage capacity. The alert was the result of the intruder creating a data archive file that had grown so large that the hard drive ran out of space. It was only then FTC attorneys said that Infotrax began taking steps to secure its network. Even after the breach came to light, the Infotrax network was compromised at least two more times, the FTC alleged. One week later, an intruder used malicious code to collect data through the Infotrax customer's website that harvested more than 2,300 unique full payment card details, including names, physical addresses, CVVs, and expiration dates. Then on March 29th, an intruder used the user ID and password of an InfoTrax client to upload more malicious code. The intruder used the access to collect newly submitted payment card data. So they were still collecting data on the same servers even after they recognized there was an attack. Um, so pretty uh, blatant disregard for anything proactive IT in this attack. Um, if InfoTrax had been tracking storage usage, they probably would have caught this sooner. But even more importantly, there's obviously no uh, no log file tracking, no um, no tracking of access. There's just nothing here going on. So this is a pretty blatant failure on the part of InfoTrax IT. All right, that's going to do it for today's Cybersecurity Daily. Until tomorrow, have a great one, everyone.